Hi, this is Jan Miyazaki, the host of the Wednesday 8 o'clock buzz. Thank you for tuning into WORT. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a donation at wortfm.org slash donate. It's 8.36 and standing by, thank you, is Jacob Horwitz. Jacob Horwitz is Field Director for Global Labor Justice, International Labor Rights Forum, the G-L-J-I-L-R-F. They co-published the report Big Fashion and Wall Street Cash In on Wage Theft with the Asia Floor Wage Alliance, AFWA. So on um, the 27th of February, unions throughout South and Southeast Asia, the AFWA and the G-L-J-I-L-R-F launched a campaign to fight the heist, bringing garment workers together in six countries, targeting brands like Nike, um, they are spending um, that are spending vast sums on stock buybacks instead of fairly compensating the garment workers. So I want to welcome uh, Jacob Horwitz this morning. I'm really glad we could connect to talk about this. I read a piece that um, he um, had at inequality.org, which is where it's just a great central place where I get a lot of um, useful information. Um, good morning, Jacob Horwitz. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. So the, um, I guess, first off, before getting into the piece, just can you tell folks about global labor justice? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you said, I'm the field director for GLJ ILRS. Sorry for the mouthful, but we are, uh, you know, we're uh, an organization that works to build deep relationships with unions around the world and really co-develop campaigns to improve working conditions on supply chains, especially against major U.S. corporations. So, and oh, go ahead, yeah, go keep ahead. going. Yeah, and you know, I think part of our role is to build deep transformative relationships between uh, union leaders across the world and union leaders uh, in the U.S. and find common interests because we know that uh in order to improve working conditions we need to work together globally so that is really our mission and you you write in your piece at inequality.org the vast majority of garment workers who fuel big fashion's fortunes um however have been left unpaid and stuck in a permanent crisis can you talk about the conditions talk more about about worker conditions yeah for sure and just to add, so we launched this campaign with our longtime partner, the Asia Floor Wage Alliance, or AFWA for short, um, and 20 of its member unions from six different countries across Asia. Um, and, you know, AFWA is an Asia labor-led alliance of garment worker unions across garment-producing countries that joined together in solidarity to push back on the way brands pit workers against each other in different countries. AFWA's been fighting for over a decade on issues of living wage, gender-based violence, uh, and freedom of association in the industry. And so the members of this fight, the workers in this fight are uh, garment workers from those 20 unions. Um, who are pushing back and fighting to end stock buybacks by U.S.-based 
big fashion companies uh, like Nike and Levi's uh, and VF, which is the the parent company of North Face and Smartwool um, and uh, Vans. Um, during the pandemic, these brands um, cut their orders, uh, forced their suppliers to renegotiate their contracts, paying um, less for their products, um, all, all of which was kind of happening in a context where these garment producing factories, which are not owned by Nike or Levi's, operate on razor thin margins and the brands have structured their supply chains to drive competition, um, a, a kind of competition that uh, pushes suppliers to exploit workers. Um, so when the pandemic slowdown happened uh, and the companies cut orders, um, the factories responded by stealing workers' wages, cutting their hours, um, forcing layoffs, um, and more, and that drove workers into real crisis and debt. Um, workers uh, like Dilhani, who's a member of the Sri Lankan Textile Garment and Clothing Workers Union, um, she's a mother of three um, and has been a leader in her union for years. She uh, was working sewing the sort of famous uh, swoosh symbol onto Nike apparel. Um, and during the pandemic, her hours were cut in half, and she and her family uh, were forced uh, to uh, reduce their reduce their food for their family, sell off belongings, um, and do anything they could really just to survive. Um, she also is a member was a member of her employee factory council, and she spoke out about the wage theft that she and her coworkers faced and tried to push management to pay them back. Um, but then in August of 2021, uh, management responded by locking Dohani in a room and forcing her to sign her resignation. Um, you know, a year and a half later, she is still active in the union. She's still fighting, but she's been forced to sell fruit on the roadside as a way of getting by. Um, but still certainly has not recovered from, from the pandemic and from the practices. And uh, she's just one of millions of garment workers who was pushed into crisis during the pandemic, already kind of living on the edge uh, because the wages are so low. Um, but, you know, we have this all very well documented and Asia Floor Wage Alliance in 2001 did a report called Money Heist, um, in which they surveyed 2,000 garment workers in 189 factories. Um, they documented $164 million in lost wages, um, which is really just the tip of the iceberg. Um, so, you know, again, we, we actually, uh, with AFWA, returned to many of those factories um, in late, 2022 and found that conditions have not improved, workers have not been paid back. Nine in 10 of the factories that were revisited, um, workers reported they still have outstanding wage claims. Half of the factories are not currently paying workers for overtime and, uh, and a good number of the factories are still not paying uh, minimum wages or owed benefits. So 
you know, I, I guess in terms of what happened for workers during the pandemic, they really had to absorb the shock. Um, they lost 22% of their wages on average and, you know, continue, continue to, to face crisis. Um, and, you know, I guess all of that is happening while the big fashion brands like Nike uh, bounced back extremely quickly. Um, you know, during that same period, the Knight family, which owns Nike, paid themselves $74 million in dividends, while workers like Delhani were selling fruit at the roadside, not able to cover their basic family needs. And uh, when workers like Delhani did push back at the, at the local level, at the factory level, they were retaliated against and fired. So that's, that's kind of the situation that workers face. And that's sort of the context for the fight that, that we've all engaged in. They had money to pay the workers. Instead, they paid themselves. And you also report back, um, on the stock buybacks. Can you talk mm-hmm. about the money there that could have been used to pay the workers fairly? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so as you mentioned at the top of the show, um, we just launched this campaign, which we're calling Fight the Heist, um, which is a which is a campaign where workers are coming together to demand an end to the stock buybacks by these big fashion brands until all government workers who faced those uh, that wage theft and wage loss are paid back. Um, workers are also demanding living wages um, and a transformation of the supply chain. Uh, so, the uh, the, some of the some of the key findings of that report, and in, in kind of in terms of those stock buybacks, um, are that, for example, with Nike, we documented nine point three million dollars in wage theft, and that's just at a small set of documented factories, whereas they uh, they launched an eighteen billion dollar stock buyback program. And they also paid themselves $74 million in dividends. So, I mean, Nike is one of the most extreme cases. They could have actually paid back the workers in these factories 2,000 times over with that money. But instead, they decided to use it to line the pockets of their investors. And, I mean, I know this is a this is kind of a common practice that is happening on Wall Street. And in past shows, you've had folks from the Railroad, Railroad Workers Union who are also talking about how uh, Wall Street is extracting massive wealth from workers, putting it back in their pockets rather than investing it in workers or in critical infrastructure. The same dynamic is happening here. You know, Jacob, I I um, have in my mind as you're talking the worker who is doing the swoosh logo um, on Nike products who, you know, really can barely afford to feed um, her family uh, because of these kinds of tactics. The um, campaign, can, can you tell um, listeners about the, the countries um, that, are, that the workers are um, living in and the workers are, are, are predominantly women, correct, and sort of migrants within um, those uh, countries, can you tell us about the um, the alliance? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, workers in the campaign 
come from factories in Bangladesh, Cambodia, India, Indonesia, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka. Um, and, you know, again, these are all workers that are members of garment sector unions who have been organizing to improve conditions on the ground, but then joined Asia Floor Wage Alliance because organizing just at the national level is not enough. Um, and now have linked up also with us uh, at Global Labor Justice to kind of bridge the, the labor movement from Asia to the US as well. Um, as you said, the majority of workers are women. On Nike's supply chain, the uh, it's about 70% women. Um, and we also know that women faced compounded and disproportionate impacts of uh, wage theft during the pandemic. We know that the uh, there was already a gender pay gap um, before the pandemic, but that pay gap actually increased um, during the pandemic. Um, and uh, women workers like Dilhani also face compound impacts as a care provider for their family. So the this is part of why workers in the fight are demanding that brands sit down with them for a systematic investigation into both the wage theft that occurred as well as the specific impacts on women. Um, you know, they're also demanding an end to the share buybacks until all workers are paid. Um, and finally, you know, really a forward looking solution where the supply chain is transformed and, in, and, and includes living wages for all workers. Um, we, you know, we know these supply chains are essentially designed to drive down wages, to create a competition where workers have to really bear the shock of every crisis that occurs, um, but garment workers are coming together across country um, and across, you know, across oceans, across the world um, to link up with U.S. unions and other workers who are also struggling to hold Wall Street accountable. Um, and in so doing, really, you know, looking to, to, to transform supply chains and transform the economy. So how would you... How is the um, how is big fashion at all even responding? Are they paying attention? Um, are you getting their attention? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the twenty unions reached out to all of the major uh, fashion brands, um, uh, asking for dialogue on this issue. Um, Nike never responded at all, um, which is why. Uh, joined by us and Asia Floor Wage Alliance, the 20 unions have brought an international labor complaint uh, at the OECD, which is a way of forcing companies into dialogue or pushing companies into dialogue. Um, you know, the OECD is the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. It's an intergovernmental organization with kind of 38 member countries um, who have agreed to a set of standards um, around international trade policy, and it includes labor standards. And so on Monday, uh, we, AFA and the, and the 20 member unions, brought a complaint with the US national contact point where we're alleging that Nike contributed to severe human rights impacts for garment workers and its supply chain, and that it did nothing to remediate those impacts 
or address them, which is a violation of the OECD guidelines. Um, you know, so far Nike also has not responded to the union's requests for dialogue, but if the U.S. national contact point for OECD approves this complaint, it will push Nike into a dialogue with the unions directly, which is, you know, very much what they want. And, uh, you know, I, as I said before, I think part of the way garment brands have structured their industry is to outsource all production um, and in so doing distance themselves from the workers that are actually producing the uh, products that they make their profits on. Here, we're trying to close that gap and bring workers back into dialogue with the primary decision makers and beneficiaries of their work. Um, so that's part of what they're doing to fight back. Um, you know, we also issued this report that exposes um, these companies and these brands um, and we'll be gearing up for additional actions both in the uh, six countries we named as well as here in the U.S. Who is the U.S. member on the OECD? Is it a person? Is it an organization? Yeah, there is a, a U.S. national contact point um, for the OECD. It's a, it's a, it is a person. Um, and, uh, so it's called... you know, like I said, our, our lawyers filed the complaint on Monday and uh, the kind of legal process will proceed. I'm not a lawyer, but, um, but we, you know, we do look forward to hopefully having a dialogue with yes. Nike to engage in a real forward-looking solution. And, uh, uh, you know, as well as uh, to expose and um, talk about uh, what happened in the past and what's still happening for garment workers today as they as they remain in crisis. We will keep an eye on that and stay in touch, Jacob if Horwitz, if, if um, we can. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that we have the OECD. Let's see um, whose side they're on, I guess. Um, but hey, thank you so much. I'm speaking with um, Jacob Horwitz and you can read uh, his piece at the inequality.org website. You can then um, click onto the two reports he has been um, talking about. Also, you can click on and learn more about uh, the Global Labor Justice International Labor Rights Forum. You can click on there to learn more. And also about this amazing um, group of garment workers in six um, nations, the Asian, um, I guess it's a floor wage alliance, AFWA. Um, hey, thank you, Jacob. It was It's great to meet you and and we'll have to stay in touch okay thank you so much jan and thank you everyone for listening thanks jacob horwitz 